This is London Calling. London Calling. So I've had COVID at some point. Yeah. Uh, I've got antibodies. Yeah. Um, I've been working on COVID ITU since the beginning. I have not had a vaccination. I did not want to have a vaccination. Um, uh, the vaccine's reducing transmission only for about eight weeks mm. with Delta. With Omicron, it's probably less. Mm. And for that, I will be dismissed if I don't have a vaccine. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Toby, how are you? Well, James, I've actually had COVID. So Not, uh, have you? Have you? Have you really? Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, uh, I I I I fell ill um uh, last Monday. Um, yeah. In fact, um, uh, shortly after we'd recorded the podcast, I it's the curse to, of the Delling Pole. I decided to <laughs> test myself, be. and we've got we've got a bunch of lateral flow tests because you know got four school aged children, well three yeah, school aged yeah, yeah, children, sure. and um, so I tested myself and I was positive, yeah. and I did a confirmatory test the following day. And that was positive. And then I did a PCR test, and that too was positive. So I was definitely positive. I definitely had it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was the Omicron variant because it was basically like a kind of weird cold, not necessarily a bad cold, but just a slightly weird cold yeah. um, and very mild flu. Um, and it lasted, uh, well, it lasted until yesterday and I, I tested, well, I tested myself again yesterday and I was negative yesterday and I tested myself again today and I'm negative today. So did, did, you, did you spend any, were you in bed at all? No, no, I carried See, on. here we are, we're like, we're like two old folk discussing our ailments because, because <laughs> I reckon whatever I got, I mean, I, I don't believe in these, in these variants. I think they're just made up to kind of keep the keep the thing going keep, well, keep I, the bandwagon rolling I, I, on but. I've had it twice now and the second time was definitely mild than the first but that might well be because um, if you've had it once even though you can get it again even though you know natural immunity is better than vaccinated immunity um, but nonetheless if you've had it once you get it again less severely so that that could have helped well, but it did feel like two different two different variants from a sort of I don't know I mean yeah I, the, the thing I had before Christmas was was you know, like three days in bed and and ten days. You see, if I was you, I probably would have ended up in bed with what I've just had. But I'm just a bit tougher. Yeah, you are. You're <laughs> you're very tough and and, and manly. And, and of course, I've I've still been laid low with my with my back with my uh, yeah. back thing, which is which has been plaguing me. And I've been torn. I found this amazingly good um, chiropractor. Um, who's just like, just like. See, I, I recommended a chiropractor. One of our listeners, one of the listeners from last week got in touch with me and said, you have to tell James to go oh. to the chiropractor. And I sent that message on to you and you said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So now you've gone yeah. and done that, have you? Ah, uh, well, well, yeah, but this, uh, this is, this is, she's, she's local anyway and she's, and, and, and she's good. Um, but at the same time, I've been undermining this by, I've been reading, have you ever come across Dr. John Sarno? I think I got no. his name right. So he wrote this best-selling book, I think it was in the 80s or the 90s, um, where he argues that back pain is essentially all in the mind, that it is a response to the, the, the subconscious um, doesn't want you to deal with all these, all these repressed emotions um that that you know generally to do with with fear and anxiety and so what the brain does rather than rather than bring this stuff to the surface it creates these these back pains and things which which are designed to stop you know to distract you because you know you're so busy worrying about back pain you haven't got time to think about mm. you know, how your your marriage is falling apart or your you know your your testicles have drop off, dropped off or you know any of the other problems you might face um so uh why did you pick those two jobs <laughs> <laughs> i don't know, I don't and are they know. connected <laughs> are they connected yes they probably are um but of course w w one of the things he says is you know don't don't even bother getting any treatment for, because it's all because it's all imaginary anyway and I would uh, once it once immediate response to the, to this kind of thing is right. Well, of course, it's not in the mind. This this guy is a charlatan. How dare he say this? But I've had so many people recommend this book who've really benefited from it. People people who've just spent their lives in screaming out agony and were about to get major surgery and 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 then miraculously this book saved them from having to go through it. So I I, I don't know what to think. Does the book suggest ways in which you can kind of um, cure this psychosomatic? Illness? Yes. It's it's rather tiresome. Basically, what you have to do <laughs> is 
go through your mind. It's like having a, 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 a personal thera- <laughs> therapy session without a therapist there to listen to you. And you try and work out what it is, what your underlying anxieties are, um, and, and think about them and concentrate on them rather than on your pain. And gradually, by focusing on your anxieties, uh, the, the pain will magically dissipate because it was only ever there as a, as a way of stopping you thinking about the bad things. And, and has, that, has that been working? Well, I have been spending an awful lot of time trying to dredge up all the most terrible things from my life, you know, going right back to as far as I can remember. Uh, it's quite exhausting. It's, it's, um, it is like having a, having a therapy session. Well, one way to test that hypothesis would be, first of all, I suppose you'd expect kind of English people to suffer from back pain much more than say, you know, um, Latins, uh, because that's probably true. We bottle up our emotions <laughs> and yeah. never confront our fears. But in addition, you'd expect privately educated English people to be walking around almost permanently bent double. So <laughs> racked are they by pain. Um, uh, but uh, I'm not sure that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, in in a way, I, I I part of me obviously wants it to work because it because it's it's free and it's like you know you apparently once you've once you've mastered this you it's it puts an end to all your back pain misery Mm. on the other hand i I do quite like my visits to my chiropractor you know she's really great and it's wonderful being clicked and crunched and you 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 do feel better so i don't know just to go back to me james for a second talk about about your ailments again in a moment um but uh yeah the good thing about having had um the reason i went for a pcr test um is because um Ten days after you've 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 registered a positive PCR test with the NHS, um, you are then entitled to a COVID pass, an antibody COVID pass. Um, at least you are at the moment. They may change that. Um, but at the moment, if you've got a ten day old PCR test, you can get a COVID pass, which lasts six months. Um, so that means that's, I don't have to that's fiddle not around. bad, actually. Yeah. That really isn't bad. Um, so, so, certainly, my my more hardcore. Um, support you know team james people some of them are really really hardcore about things like foreign travel and stuff saying you know one should not travel go abroad on principle because you have to do all these various tests and and stuff and 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 how dare you how dare you collaborate with the evil regime and they're trying to close us all down i i I dis- disagree with that. I, I, I think vaccines definitely should be, right, they're not, they're not vaccines, obviously, death shots should be the, the line in the sand. But everything else I think is fair game. I think, I think you, every time you go abroad, actually you are cheating them of their, of their evil master plan, which is basically to close us all down, to confine us all to our, our yeah. homes and stop us travelling ever again. Yeah. So well, I think uh, if, you, if, if, you, if you get abroad, I, I, I think it's a result. Yeah. And, and I, I think I, 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 with, with the six-month COVID boss, I think there are some countries that would accept that um, uh, and let you in, like Iceland, for instance. So that's quite exciting. So you I'll can probably, see the Northern Lights. Yeah. I probably shouldn't go to Australia, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But um, oh, you, yeah. you, used, you used the term death shot there. I just want to pick you up on something, which is um, Michael Deacon, the um, one of the parliamentary sketch writers for The Telegraph, one of their funnier columnists, um, wrote quite a funny column in which he said that he'd, sort of, he'd only just discovered, for some reason, I think he was he monitored some protest or something, and he'd only just discovered the um you know the the conspiracy theory that the vaccines are actually intended to kind of uh, depopulate the world and fulfill bill gates's depopulation agenda and he said but the, the flaw in this hypothesis is that um if if all the people that have taken the quote unquote death shots end up dying then the only people left that these kind of billionaire technocrat kind of tyrants will be kind of uh, will have dominion over will be people like you and me yeah you know ornery kind of um uh, irreverent iconoclastic difficult people and those yeah. are the last people that dictators want to be kind of saddled with surely the people they want to be able to have dominion over are the people that they can easily control all the people who've had the jabs triple jab quadruple jab people oh, like yeah. us they don't want to be saddled with people like us it's the worst nightmare isn't it no i, I agree it's going to be bloody great i mean the, the, absolutely <laughs> they have they have really 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 messed up. It's just going to be. <laughs> you think they just spotted that flaw in there? Otherwise, it's going to be. It's just, you're going to end up like, with Delling Poles, the only surviving member of the planet. And you're going to have to deal with him twenty four seven. It's like, oh, didn't you totally think of that beforehand, guys? <laughs> totally. I, I I really feel this that that, that even though um, it, it's obviously quite miserable living in a world where Klaus Schwab wants to turn you into 
techno-cattle slaves. Um, at the same time, there is an upside, and it is the joy of meeting people who are, and hanging with people who are awake. I think awake is the opposite of woke. So uh, you, you're sort of you're sort of semi-awake, Tobes. You're not quite there yet. You're sort of sort of transitioning from woke to awake. I think there um, should be a name for that, shouldn't there? For the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of not not uh, woke, woke, but not quite awake either. So you're, not asleep. You're, you're awoke time. at the moment. <laughs> Maybe I'm awoke. Yeah, there awoke. you go. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's just been really great meeting people from really all walks of life who who just totally get it yeah they, they know all about the evils of bill gates they know that they know that the evils of vile uh, gorilla hugging whispery voice malthusian david attenborough and his sinister agenda they're just onto it and it's wonderful meeting these people so i i i thank i thank god for the for these for yeah, these I think, times we live in i think exposed bill gates, bill gates and klaus schwab when they've when they've decimated the population decimated 90 percent of the world's population the only people they're left with are kind of the people who never got vaccinated for a variety of reasons. They're going to have a very tough time. They're going to think, we should have thought this one through. Anyway, yeah. um, let's They're get tight. on to Jocko um, on the oh, subject. Of, I love uh, the man. I love the man. Do you, I, I don't know, uh, we're talking about Novak Djokovic here, and I don't know about you, Tebs. I thought... I mean, Did you call him Novak, Novak Djokovic? Or Novak Djokovic, yeah. Novak Djokovic, yeah. Insofar as I ever watched te- uh, tennis, which is not really very much, I, I suppose I... I subscribe to the kind of the, the the normie view of of Djokovic which is that he's like a bit a bit of a mechanical you know he, he's a machine he's not he's not charming like like Federer or I don't know I mean I've exhausted the, the limit of my tennis knowledge here <laughs> Andy but, Murray I wouldn't call him charming but yeah no 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 indeed not but so he was he was a tournament winning machine and and um he sort of took the excitement out of the game but I listened to a, a podcast the other day uh, that he did. He did an inter- uh, a podcast with Wim Hof. Do you know you know Wim Hof, the he breathing guy, the Ice Man? Oh yeah, the only man ever to have climbed Everest without a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like kind of so, so so yeah, exactly. So so Novak, it turns out, is really into alternative health therapies of, of right. various kind including Wim Hof breathing breathing methods and stuff and and naturally he's really fiercely anti-vax he sounds like a really a really good sound bloke I mean definitely one of the awake definitely one of the the survivors of the coming apocalypse he'll be there by my side facing off against Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates yeah I mean I, uh, I, it, it seems to me that the Australian authorities um made a you know, really shot themselves in the foot by detaining him and um, refusing him entry and inviting this legal challenge, which, needless to say, Djokovic has now gone on to win. Uh, yeah. he, he, he was. I mean, the fact is that um, if you can get, you know, a medical certificate of exemption from having the vaccine, yeah, um, then you're entitled. To a visa. Yeah, and it was legit, um, wasn't and, it? And he was also. He, he, they also, he claimed he yeah. had antibodies because he'd recently had COVID, which yeah. is true. A bit, a bit like you and your your. Well, it goes back cars. to the old argument against natural immunity versus vaccine-induced immunity, yeah. and you know, th- th- there's no argument now. I mean, I think it's it's now more or less universally accepted that. Um, natural immunity is at least as good as vaccine-induced immunity and definitely lasts longer. Yeah. Um, and he'd had it, what, in December or something? Admittedly, there are these pictures of him kind of uh, with kids during the period he claims to oh, be yeah, infected. That, that's a different story, and we don't care about that. That's different. I mean, that's, that's just... Different, yeah. that- that's just mm. sour grapes on, on, and I think, on it, but, the part but yeah, of the government. Um, yeah, and no, it, it's fantastic. And it shows that, you know, uh, it still is a kind of functioning liberal democracy insofar as the judicial system hasn't, isn't, isn't, isn't completely controlled um, by the, you know, by the executive. Um, because this judge has essentially said, well, what more could he have done? You know, uh, he, he, he complied with your requirements. Yes, I expect, I expect Australia will now tighten up that loophole now, now that they've realised there's, a, there's a, gap, a chink in their armour. Well, well, okay. the, 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 that was it. The immigration minister has said that, um, OK, um, uh, uh, we accept the verdict of the course, but I of the court, but I still have personal discretion. 
I could yes. personally decide. It's like, well, you could just act like a complete tyrant and ignore yeah. all the and completely ignore the rule of law. Yeah, it wouldn't look, you look make you look great in the international community. But uh, they may go on to do that. But I don't think they will. I think they're probably going to just suck this one up now and say, you know, we're going to stop digging. We've made this bad. We've dug, we've dug ourselves into this hole. It's time to stop digging. Who do you think was advising them? Because any anyone familiar with with how you know sort of the the um public reactions work is that they could have okay so 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 had they given him his exemption and allowed, allowed him to play in the australian open um and just not made a fuss about it there would have been a few complaints from people like um top twitter commentator john gaunt but that it would have been a few grumbles here and there but oh, Andy Murray, essentially, perhaps, yeah. The, yeah, okay, Andy Murray. But essentially, that would have been it. But now they have focused the world's spotlight on Australia, and yeah. it's it's like the spotlight, you know, when when you turn the kitchen light on in the middle of the night, and all the cockroaches are revealed scurrying about the, about the kitchen. Mm. I mean, I've been trying to write about. I've been well, I've been writing about the the creeping biosecurity state fascism that's been going on in Australia, you know, in, in Dan Andrews's mm. um, Victoria mm. and in the Northern Territory where they've been having quarantine camps for mm -hmm. the unvaccinated and so on. And most of the world has been uninterested because they think mm. of Australia as a, a faraway country of which we know nothing and for which we care even less. Um, but suddenly by picking on, a, on the, one of the world's greatest sporting stars, the tennis number one, they've suddenly drawn attention to Australia and people are looking at it and going, what's happened to this crazy country? What, how can they do this? Um, so I think it's, it's been a really bad move for Australia. And yeah. I'd say it's a major blow for the vaccine passport, vaccine coercion industry. I yeah, think, I I think this could be a turning point. Yeah, and particularly if um, particularly if he goes on to win the Australian Open, I mean, uh, oh, I imagine that, that would be fantastic. But actually, from our point of view, it would be better for the cause if the immigration minister just 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 decide to kind of arbitrarily and on a whim exercise his yes, discretion, it would, wouldn't it? And let's, kick, let's, let's kick Jocko. That would just show, you know, just just how tyrannical uh, the Australian authorities have become um but i think for that reason that they're, they're not going to do it i think they're going to let him play but uh, i guess it'll play out we'll see what happens um yeah. so um one interesting theory james you know last week we discussed um uh, why it was that um the queen had only just decided to um give tony blair this honor that's um uh, in her gift so his honor didn't have to be approved by Boris, uh, he didn't have to be nominated by Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party. It was just in the gift of the Queen, was it the Order yeah. of the Garter? Um, very, very, that's one of the reasons there's been so much fuss about it because it's a very, very distinguished honour, not like one of these kind of political honours. Um, and um, but one theory as to why it has never been given to him until now is that whenever uh, courtiers and advisers have suggested it, the Duke of Edinburgh has said, no, absolutely not, over my dead body. And uh, and so it, 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 it's only now that he's dead, he's not now there he has to raise an objection over, yeah. that the poor queen has been kind of taken advantage of, lent on by these various uh, flunkies. Yeah, um, who are uh, they, these flunkies? Yeah, yeah, who are they? Yeah, and they've done her no favours by uh, encouraging her to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, disappointing. Well, it's either that or she was evil all along and we just didn't know it. I mean, that, yeah, it's yeah, one of the two, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it can't possibly be the first. Anyway, um, why don't we hear from our first sponsor, James? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's do that. Um, be your own boss in 2022 and join over 100,000 other customers who have ditched their old clunky banks for a streamlined, no-hidden-fees banking app that does the work for you and already works with popular tools you use every day. Novo is the number one business banking app because it's built from the ground up to be powerfully simple and free business banking that Money Ma Magazine called the best business checking account of 2021. With Novo, there are no minimum balances, no transaction limits and no hidden fees. Novo offers in-app invoicing and reserves, which are buckets for big expenses or taxes. Sign up for free in under 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash London. Then they'll send you a virtual card to use while your physical card 
card is mailed to you. No delays. And here is a great bonus for our listeners. Access to over $5,000 in perks. Free and discounted access to services you already use. Stripe, Salesforce, QuickBooks, Snapchat and Google Ads credits and so much more. This year, get your free business banking account in just 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash London. Go to banknovo.com slash London to sign up for free. And the only way to get access to over $5,000 of the perks and discounts I mentioned earlier, just for signing up. That's banknovo.com slash London. Okay, James. So, um, uh, I don't know if you've seen, but we have, um, there's a couple of new political parties in the offing in, uh, in, in the UK. Um, first off, there's, um, uh, Gina Miller's hardline centrist party, which is launching this Thursday. I they believe. sound great. Who, who wouldn't want to be hardline centrist? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're on the fence, but we're not wet. Uh, we're <laughs> no. hardline centrists. We're in the extreme centre. Um, yeah, um, uh, is, and I imagine it, it's it's kind of the Remain party by another name. Presumably. Is Femi going to be one of her MPs? Do you think? Um, you that's that a man, good question. Remember the the man Femi who was all all over Femi, the place. When... Yeah. Um, well, he's. Not, I suppose he might stand as as uh, as a hardline centrist candidate. Yeah, I imagine he'll probably be applying. Be great, I'm not sure it would be very wise for her to. Um, uh, have him as their first candidate, but who knows? Um, yeah. uh, but uh, for, for our America, for the benefit of our American listeners, Gina Miller was one of the. Uh, she's a, she's a sort of um, uh, financial services kind of um, uh, successful career woman um, who uh, led the charge against Remain and led various uh, legal challenges, which kind of tied up parliament and tied up the courts and made it look as though for a bit as though it was just going to be impossible to get brexit done um uh, but anyway having 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 lost that battle she now she i think i think a lot of people said to her in fairness to her a lot of people said to her look if you want to influence politics if you want to influence decision making at the highest level don't do it via lawfare um because um that's not not a particularly democratic way to proceed form your own political party try and get elected try and win the argument at the ballot box and that's what she's done so fair play to her um another political party james i don't know if you heard about this one but um jeremy corbyn apparently it's become it's become clear to to, to jezza Mm-hmm. That even though he's now been, I think he was uh, suspended by the Labour Party and placed under investigation uh, for anti-Semitism and various other sins. And I think he's now been readmitted to the Labour Party, but he hasn't been readmitted into the parliamentary Labour Party. And he's not, by the looks of it, going to get the whip back, which means that if he wants to stand again in Islington North at the next general election, he'll have to stand as an independent. He can't be the official Labour Party candidate, and apparently the Labour Party have someone in mind to be that candidate. So rather than just stand as an independent, he's thinking about setting up his own political party, which I think is going to be called the Peace and Justice Party. Ah, I'd vote for that. Peace and Justice, that sounds good. I suppose, yeah, I mean, I guess it's... uh, uh, Weirdly, in this kind of uh, topsy-turvy world we live in, have you now gone through the kind of uh, a portal in the kind of space-time political continuum and might you actually consider campaigning for Jezza in his constituency in Islington North against a kind of mainstream Labour Party candidate I would like I would like to meet Jezza um, because there there was that time wasn't there where he was he was on the road all the time where he appeared at Glastonbury and everyone was was saying oh Jeremy Corbyn Jeremy Corbyn Corbyn. Uh, yeah and obviously, at the time, I was very irritated by this because I thought he was the, the communist threat that was going to. Well, we thought. Remember, the... we used to have that chat before the election, in which we thought we'd both end up in the gulag if he became no. prime minister. Exactly. We were thinking about our kind of uh, escape plans. You know, Israel, I think, was my preferred option. Yes, that would have been a mistake given their their vax tyranny. Um, I mean, all yeah. that isn't that weird. All the places that one used to think about escaping to, e.g., New Zealand, turn yeah. out to be more tyrannical than the place one was was planning on fleeing from it's 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 bizarre i don't know where we go belarus brazil i'm hoping for the invite to peter teal's um uh private island which he's just bought off the coast of costa rica that's my preferred destination but i think you probably have to be a billionaire to uh, get the invite no i they probably 
like like all billionaires, they they like a few court jests, a few pets. I, I yeah. think maybe that I could be. be a, maybe could be. A, could, we could we could apply for that job, James. And and yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, and um, yeah. I don't know how how a podcast is doing in Costa Rica. Whether it has the same kind of traction that it does in Turks isn't our podcast doing very well? Do, do I, I, is, I keep seeing yeah. these these figures? Yeah, Brian, our our producer, keeps very kindly sending us these. Um, charts um i'm not sure I mean, I, maybe he just kind of monitors the charts just picks the one in which we're doing well for a moment and sends that one to us but i think yeah we were top five i think last week uh, i liked uh, we, we were beating trigonometry which is all that matters um <laughs> i'm a fan of theirs but yeah no we, well, we, they, 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 um, they've got budget i, I don't know why do, yeah or, they, they, or from whom but they've definitely got budget and because they, they're one of those things that sort of rose without trace aren't they um and it's it's really good to see us just thrashing them in the in the. Well, I think we, we were one place ahead of them. Yeah, last, that's thrashing uh, them week by, before my book. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Well, a win's a win. Um, yeah. So um, I thought we might briefly talk about. Um, uh, do you see that George Osborne, um, <laughs> former Chancellor of the Exchequer, now I think what um, Chairman of the British Museum, um, he he said Is that he? the jury in the Colston Four trial. Now, for the benefit of our American listeners, um, the Colston Four are the four um, uh, youths uh, in Bristol um, who were arrested for pulling down the statue of Edward Colston and throwing it into the River Seven. And um, how, and big, were, how the... big were their trust funds? I, well, I think probably the, the, more the, the, than the sort of... The, 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 these these warriors for social justice, these yeah. tribunes of um, of 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 oppressed peoples uh, uh, throughout the world, James, uh, and indeed throughout history, uh, their names were uh, because they, they they were acquitted at this trial yeah. last week by a jury, um, and they were celebrating outside, and there's been a fair amount of attention paid to them. But their names were Jake Skews, Rian Graham, Milo Ponsford. And Sage Willoughby. Milo Ponsford uh, and Sage Willoughby. Milo Ponsford and <laughs> Sage Willoughby. The, the I mean, horny handed sons of toil. All of them short, Amy. Yeah. What, what on earth made you think trust fund, James? Yeah, well, I, don't, I just don't Milo know. Just the and Bristol uh, and their names. But apart from that, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it couldn't, it, that's like, they're kind of, they're sort of raw woke activists from yeah. central casting, aren't they? You know, I, I bet, I bet they live on enormous estates, you know, and yeah. were brought up kind of hunting, shooting and fishing, and will probably go back to it after a brief activism hiatus. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, quite incredible. But, but anyway, um, uh, the fact that they were acquitted, of um, vandalising, you know, our heritage, um, uh, was praised by George Osborne. He said, shows the jury system is working as it should. And it's like, bloody hell, George, that's a bit provocative. You were once a bloody Tory. Um, uh, well, I don't think he ever amazing. was, really. I think he pretended to be. He, You know, you know, I used to see him in the school playground. We we, we sent our, our children to the same um, state. Well, was this posh uh, oh, not, not Eton, primary then? school? OK, yeah. Um, no, I didn't know that. Was it, I'm yeah, sure yeah. he was very friendly and charming. And well, he, 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 I used to, I used to <laughs> buttonhole him and say, "Look, George, I, I, I really think that the, you know, the, the, the Tories are being really. This was before they got into power. They, they're really wet. You know, you're, you're, um, you know, you're not, you're not talking Thatcherite right principles." And he said, "Just, just you wait, wait till we get into power. You wait to see how conservative we are. You're going to be amazed." And like the fool I was, I I believed him. I he, I just think he'll say anything. He's 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 a bit like he's a bit like George Soros. That that he's he's a, an agent of disruption and 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 misrule. Um, I well, he's certainly I mean, is an agent of typical. disruption and misrule. If if you know if he's encouraging people to pull down statues and yeah, vandalize our heritage, it's not a, it's not a great line for the chairman of the British Museum to take. I mean, you know, is it is he going to? It's sort of like a gold embossed invitation to you know uh, Milo and Sage's friends to. Uh, invade the British Museum and um, start tearing down statues of people with some distant connection to the slave trade. Not only that, they might well pull down the Elgin marbles and uh, and and whisk them off to the Greek embassy and say, "Here, have your marbles back." Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he's trying to to get a few more exhibits because I I think it isn't the fate of a lot of these statues that are being pulled down. They're now ending up in kind of museums of racism or museums of black history or museums of something they just made up 
So maybe, maybe he was angling for, for, for the next Angling for the statue Coulson. of Colston. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Great decision. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. But the thing about statues is, do you even notice statues when you walk past them? I mean, no, just kind no, of, never they're do. They're like lampposts, aren't they? They're just sort of random street furniture that no one cares about. It, I can't imagine there was a single black person who wandered past that statue of Colston and thought, he is my oppressor, he must come down. It's only it's only Trustafarian white kids. Well, yeah, you'd be, you, 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 this may shock you, James, but, the, but, but um, of the Colston four... Let's yeah. remind ourselves, Jake Skews, Rianne Graham, Milo Ponsford and Sage Willoughby, um, uh, they're all white. Yeah. Uh, very, sh- very surprising. Yeah. That was, I almost <laughs> fell off my chair. All white? Good Lord. Yeah. In fact, anyway. talking about, about um, public school, I presume they, are, they were all privately educated. Um, um, there, was, there was another example of this this week. Did you see the piece in the Evening Standard? by Emily Sheffield. Emily Sheffield. She's like, uh, she's a member of the super rich, right? Yeah, well, she's, she's classic um, uh, Chipping Norton set, isn't she? She's, so her dad is Sir Reginald Sheffield, who is a baronet. Yeah. Uh, who has a massive estate on which it, I think he was, he was making, well, I, I, I used to write about this. He made something like 120,000 a year just from having eight wind turbines on his land. And I used, Crikey I used Moses, to, I didn't even get that much money for it. Can I put one in my garden? Yeah, well, I think you should. We all should. The, the, <laughs> I used to snipe at him because, of course, his other, his other daughter, Samantha Cameron, was married to the, the then Prime Minister, David Cameron, whose government was busy Your pushing old mate. all these, these green measures. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but I was thinking... So okay, so you're Sir Reg- Reginald Sheffield. You're probably quite reactionary, apart from apart from your your jumping on the green bandwagon to make like a bandit. But apart from that, I imagine he's probably got old school values. So he forks out gazillions to send his daughters to to Marlborough, I believe they went to, and they end up as these complete sort of woke tarred hippie hippie lefty you know, greeny ghastlies like. Uh, and, and even worse, Emily Sheffield writes in this piece of the Evening Standard that basically the time has come to punish the unvaccinated because they've had it. You know, they've we've been nice to them, we've been tolerant to, the, to them for far too long, and now it's time to take the gloves off and punish them like they are in in New York and like they are in in mm. Italy, where you need a you need a vaccine pass to go anywhere to get to go to a restaurant or cafe. Anyway, there, there was a there was a sort of furious twitter reaction for this when when she which is very encouraging because twitter is twitter is pretty pretty much a left-wing toilet but the reaction was was she got completely monstered in the comments that 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 Mm. she got ratioed there were lots of angry comments and she somebody pointed out to somebody from the hospitality industry said look if we introduce vaccine passports it's going to do great damage to to restaurants and so on Mm -hmm. and she decided to keep on digging and she said well actually my my husband <laughs> owns two restaurants in london and 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 i think it would be easy to administer the system and at which point everyone said name these restaurants so that we can boycott them <laughs> and did, did, did were they named I, I did see some references wouldn't one of them have the word pearl in its title Apparently they were described as very interesting new restaurants by time out or something I, um, I, all i know <laughs> is that one of them charges four pounds for bread um, <laughs> somebody oh, one of those restaurants so they don't put it on the table for free when you sit yeah. down they say do you want some bread and if you say yes you then it then find it appearing on the bill at the end of the meal so then no wonder emily yeah. sheffield is so comfortably off if she's she's charging four she's a bread four pound cover charge bread baron yeah but yeah what, what was so what was the ra- i didn't actually read this piece but what was the rationale for punishing the unvaccinated it's the usual half-baked one about how apparently the uh, ICU units are overwhelmed with mm. unvaccinated people and that therefore the, the, the NHS is being overwhelmed. And it, it's a very feeble argument, which keeps being regurgitated by various yeah, and, 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 different and, newspapers. Yeah, and Boris made the same argument when he last, you know, gave a Downing Street press conference. And, but he changed it. Last time he said that ICUs, um, that 90% of COVID patients in ICUs were unvaccinated. And um, that was pointed out, not least by the daily skeptic as being wrong um and um the actual when he said that the most recent uh nhs england data showed that actually a majority 
of COVID patients in ICUs were vaccinated. Um, and that, that's changed now. And I think it's something like 61% um, uh, unvaccinated, 39% um, vaccinated. But Boris, when he said it again, uh, made sure to say that 90% of patients in ICU, COVID patients in ICU, haven't had the booster. Uh, oh, which right. Is a, different, oh, well. a different stat. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, because so many people have you must have encountered these so many people i know have had their two shots and imagined that they were going to be free to travel the world and then they then they got told that yeah. they were that they had to have the booster as well to be eligible to for, for fully vaccinated status yeah. and as far as the the system was concerned they were actually unvaccinated despite yes. having had two yeah. jabs as far as, as boris is concerned they're unvaccinated having told yeah. everyone to get vaccinated in order to you know so we could get out of this crisis and get vaccinated you'll be fine now if you've had only two jabs as far as he's concerned you're unvaccinated and, and, You're and part lo- about ninety percent had... clogging up ICUs. It's like you know, it's like is that who Emily Sheffield meant too? It's like if you, I mean, it's just you want to punish those who've had two jabs but not three, because that's the ninety percent who. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's about, certainly some of the people who are who are who are who are, who are taking up beds in uh, ICUs. Yeah, well, I was terrified, that, James. It. Incidentally, when I got um, COVID last week. I thought, oh, no, um, because I haven't been vaccinated. Maybe, maybe I've picked actually, maybe I've got the Delta variant and not the Omicron variant. Yeah. And I'm going to and I'm going to end up in ICU. And that's going to be super embarrassing because I'm going to be one of those people that everyone writes about and laughs at for not having not having been double jabbed. And I'm now getting my comeuppance, you know, um, uh, you know, I've always joked that that's going to happen to you. And I thought, oh, no, that's going to happen to me. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the poster boy, you know, for the vaccination camp, yeah, vaccination yeah. rollout. Um, uh, and um, uh, uh, but anyway, I did wake up in the middle of the night thinking, am I having trouble breathing? Was that was that was my breath having was do I feel a bit? Odd. Do I feel dizzy? It was all entirely in my mind. It was. It was, it was a it's concert. not an unreasonable fear you have, though. There are working in the NHS some people who are absolute fanatics. They are. I mean, as we know, lots of NHS people have not had the the clot shot because they've seen it firsthand the damage it causes. But um, against that, you have to set the absolute super zealots who I think would would happily finish you off with midozolam or whatever just to make a point Uh, i i really there are i've heard anecdotal reports of people being given a really hard time when nhs staff discover that they are not they haven't had the clot shot so it's 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 not an unreasonable fear to have that that was yeah that, that, that was in the back of my mind too but not everyone in the nhs james because we should give a shout out to um uh steve james a consultant at king's college hospital um who confronted sajid javid when he was touring uh king's college hospital last week with a kind of several camera crews in tow and said um actually i haven't been vaccinated and i'm not intending to get vaccinated and here are my reasons um you know i've had the disease so i've got natural immunity um uh, vaccinations the effect of the protection that they give you wears off quite quickly the policy of insisting that nhs employees all be vaccinated will contribute to the nhs labor shortage when it's enforced in a couple of months time um you know set out in a very economical, lucid and reasonable way, the case against um, uh, insisting that all NHS employees be vaccinated and making making the argument as to why he didn't want to be vaccinated and why he wasn't vaccinated. Um, so that was excellent. And I think it's um, it has triggered, actually, a, a much more reasonable discussion. I think you know, it's quite hard to depict him, you know, one of our NHS heroes, as a kind of demented anti-vaxxer who's about to kind of, uh, you know storm um a testing center and kind of uh smash all the vials i mean he's a perfectly reasonable intelligent educated doctor who's saying to sajid javid no i'm not vaccinated and i don't see why i should be um, well you're right but i think it i i i don't fancy his chances I, we've we've seen what's happened to people who go against the narrative i mean look up look at what happened to mike eden Yes, 17 years in a senior position at, at, at Pfizer, the guy who really knew his stuff. And suddenly he was, as soon as he started speaking out against vaccines, he was dismissed by the, by the, 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 the mainstream media narrative as a, as a crank and a crazy. 
And I fear that that may yet happen to that that poor brave doctor. Yeah, I'm I'm going to try and reach out to him and see if um, the Free Speech Union give him some free speech. Be of any give him a badge because. Yeah, I, I'm, give, me, give him free gold membership badge. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm concerned that, yeah, attempts may be made by his superiors to uh, tie him up in uh, various complaints and whatnot. It's how they yeah, roll. Yeah. Um, so should we hear from um, our other sponsor this week? We should. Uh, I think it's my turn to do the read. Um, so um, news has to travel fast but hiring often takes longer than expected. In 2022, don't let the search for the best candidates slow down your growth. Find quality candidates fast with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with CVs on Indeed that match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a 75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash london offer valid through march 31st go to indeed.com slash london to claim your 75 dollar credit before march 31st that's indeed.com slash london terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed so james let's should we move on to culture corner yeah and um i <coughs> ignore my cough I'm, I'm, yeah you're dying I'm almost, if you died, I'm almost, imagine Ted, if you died on air how it, i mean sad <laughs> but would also kind of exciting that would, it would be. certainly it would boost our downloads i think we, we certainly would beat trigonometry that Definitely. Would, um uh, but um so um i did i did look, I, I i i saw don't look up have you seen don't look up it's like a big Netflix hit um, starring um, Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, oh, sorry, Jonah don't Hill. look up. Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't did see up. it. Okay, no. so we both seen it. Great. Well, that's that's a rare rare thing. But and, I, yeah, I, 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 I wanted. Was... Sorry, well, go on. You, uh, well, I wanted to dislike it because yes. the premise of Don't Look Up is that um, uh, scientists have been warning us about these cac- these apocalyptic threats to the future of the planet in the film it's uh it's a comet heading our way which is going to destroy the planet but it's clearly a metaphor um uh, and the public and various elites including politicians media elites business people have just been blithely ignoring you know these um scientific these very accurate scientific projections um uh, and uh, you know uh, how silly of them to ignore it and of course you know spoiler alert the end of the film the comet hits the planet and it blows up um so uh, uh, but i thought oh it's clearly it's a, it's an allegory for either covid denial or or climate change denial and it's going to be full of these smug hollywood actors like leonardo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence beating us about the head for not panicking enough when they warn us about impending doom from climate change or COVID. And, you know, as if we're not panicking enough. I mean, how comically off can you be? I mean, the world's elites in particular have gone into full-blown headless chicken mode in response to these completely implausible um, uh, scientific projections. Um, uh, so it's almost like an accurate satire would be satirising precisely the opposite thing. We've panicked in response to what are kind of fairly shonky models spitting out these quite gloomy predictions which in the past have never come true um so why don't we just completely ignore them that would be the right thing to do um uh, but it says the opposite anyway but but so i wanted to hate it um but actually it's pretty entertaining and pretty funny yeah uh, what did you think no i i felt exactly the same way i i thought it was i i mean it's quite near the knuckle for example the the tech billionaire character yeah. Played by Mark Rylance. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. so he's a, he's a generic tech billionaire character. You could, he's not obviously, he's not obviously Bill Gates or, or no. Elon Musk or whatever. But there was that weird scene where he is 
surrounded by these these children it's all it's all yeah. sort of quite quite dodgy and 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 his it emerges that his, his intentions are not good and his, his tech do, well i don't want to spoil it but it, his tech doesn't work and he, his his apparently noble motivations are actually very very base now I, I thought it was a good a good bit of satire and really really funny yeah no it is it is very funny i mean uh, 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 and um it it's it, it, uh even though um you know that the object of its satire um are people who aren't taking seriously enough the threat posed by climate change nonetheless the people who do who do take it serious who appear to take it seriously in the film and want to do something about it and exploit anxiety about it um uh like the the, the tech billionaire uh, played by Mark Rylance are, are, are depicted in probably the harshest light of all, aren't they? So you think, well, even though it, it is on the side of the kind of climate change doom mongers, it doesn't appear to be on the side of, you know, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg. It's either. where do you say that? Because I'm, I'm just, just looking at looking at the um, its Wikipedia entry now. And, it, and it, it seems that the guy who wrote it says the movie came from my burgeoning terror about the climate crisis and the fact that go. we live in a society that tends to place it as the fourth or fifth news story. It, what he says is actually objectively untrue. You think about yeah. the prominence that is given to. I know. Greta Thunberg's always saying the same Greta, thing. Isn't Greta she? Thunberg. Like, yeah, David yeah, Attenborough. Yeah, so why are you ignoring my? Why are you ignoring this existential threat? Why aren't you panicking like me? And yeah. it's like, uh, well, no, everyone is panicking like you, Greta. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so I didn't. Uh, even though he may have thought he was creating an allegory for climate change i don't think that's that's what he's ended up making i think one of the targets of the satire is a shallow culture which which cares more about the 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 late the the who who the latest sort of pop star is going out with yeah. than anything that anything that's serious or important that's happening um and, yeah. and also what one, one yeah, that that's certainly true and, and another important um uh, point i think to make is that um uh, the 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 leonardo dicaprio plays this kind of um you know um humanitarian of the year scientist um who is warning the the the, the people of earth about this kind of looming catastrophe and and largely being ignored um and, and, but he isn't he isn't he is, he emerges too as having feet of clay he immediately he's initially when he first appears on television he's hopeless and he kind of has a panic attack before he goes yes. on and he garbles his words and uh, uh, and he's just absolutely useless you know typical scientist um, um, and then but as as the kind of movie progresses and as he does more and more media appearances, he becomes better and better smoother and smoother and he ends up cheating on his wife and having an affair with the kind yes. of booby Kate Blanchett television yeah. presenter um uh which is uh, uh so you know he, he doesn't emerge kind of covered in glory i mean he, 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 he it's funny that you see that George Monbiot um <laughs> who clearly loves this movie because it's about you know why we should take climate change warnings more seriously and why he should be taken even more seriously than he currently is uh, and he said i watching that film was like watching my life flash before me i've been there so many times he was saying like oh hang on a minute well if you had an affair with emily maitlis then george <laughs> it was like <laughs> what are you saying um but yeah no anyway so uh, so um in spite of my in spite of my in spite of wanting to hate it uh, i thought it was pretty entertaining and several laugh out loud funny moments the jonah hill character in particular who plays the well he plays so the president of the united states oddly the trump character um is played by meryl streep yes um and um meryl streep's chief of staff jonah hill turns out to be her son um and uh, and he's unbelievably rude to everybody particularly uh, the scientists who come to warn them about kind of looming catastrophe um but but in a very entertaining way yes so, he is yeah yeah I, um i'm just uh, I, sorry i'm just eyeing the clock and i'm looking at you know my pilates class but uh, of course I'm, yeah well have you got anything to add to um culture corner before we sign off well i've probably got loads to add oh, just very very briefly I, I i watched this this film uh, an oldie film um have you ever seen district nine about the prawns yes i have yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah south yeah. africa very good. Joburg. <laughs> it's fantastic yeah, 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 <laughs> it's terrific. Anyway, I, sort of sci-fi movies, uh, satire. I think I think that that definitely is worth watching after you've watched Don't Look Up. Yeah, even though like even though like Don't Look Up, kind of its 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 agenda is progressive. So it's about you know our callous and inhumane treatment of 
of um, of of mig- immigrants, right? Yeah. Um, that's that's the metaphor, um, though it's aliens in the film. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, in spite of that, it's actually really well done, very good. I I find that 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 quite often with these things, I can filter out the wokeness. So f- there was that film Get Out, um, yeah. a couple of years ago. And I didn't care that it was a kind of an attack on white people by a sort of black activist. I just thought, I just took it for, you know, I, I quite enjoyed the story. I thought it was quite funny. It was a bit like the Stepford Wives and I just, just dis- discounted the wokeness. I mean, in a way, people like us, we have to filter out the wokeness. Otherwise, we'd never be able to watch anything. Yeah, that's true. And and a lot of the kind of higher quality stuff is is fairly woke or has a kind of patina of wokeness, doesn't it? And yeah. Then, yeah. If you don't filter that, filter it out, you're going to be missing out on a lot of good stuff. It's true. Yeah. Um, All right, well, James, I need to well, do my Pilates. Um, um, I, I hope you recover from the, the tail end of your because because you, uh, obviously yes. what could happen is you could um, uh, suddenly get a cytokine storm and die, and that would be really sad. Yeah, that happens that after you think you've recovered. Would be it? number one next week, or, and, the, and but uh, is that does the psycho, does that storm <laughs> cytokine storm does that happen after you think you're better? Like you have a kind of a kind of false dawn in which you think you're you're out of the woods, and then suddenly yeah. bang! It's like in uh, Alien when the when the beast when the creature erupts from John Hurt's stomach. He thinks he's out of the woods. He's come around. He's having breakfast. He's he's bantering with his colleagues, and suddenly this this chest burster emerges and he yes. dies do you think that could happen to me james i think it, if i'm right i i seem to recall that if you're going to die um you get the, the sort of the death the death phase happens about 10 days into your oh, into no. your covid so i'm not um, clear yet this is I so mean, you're I'm ticking over nicely and then today. suddenly yeah so Cracking, how many days are you? i'm on a day seven now um, oh, but, but can you can you can you test negative for it two days on the trot and still get the psychotone psychotone storm? Surely not. I, I don't. No, clear, but you don't forget these. All these tests are rubbish anyway. I mean, <laughs> you That's shouldn't true. trust them. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Now, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't it. feel safe if I were you, Tobes. I would. I would. <laughs> I'm going to start worrying. I would start praying. <laughs> get backache in a minute, pray with you, pray with your with your <laughs> religious child and 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 see if you can save your soul before it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Well, next time you see me, I'll be bent double with backache because of the result of this conversation. Yeah, you anyway. will. <laughs> okay, James. All right. All right. Good to talk to you, mate. Okay. See you next week. Bye bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. <laughs> Join the conversation.